All right. Okay. So uh, here we are, everyone. Another round of the film round table. Um, this is episode number 14 for us. And as always, um, if there's something you want to catch up on, uh, we've got some great stuff that exists in our vault. Please go to filmroundtable.org. Um, you can check out all of the back episodes uh, there that's stored in our vault. Um, so our guest today, uh, are, we have one of our partners here at the Roundtable. We have Mr. Bradford Young. Um, and we are honored to have with us here, Jody Lee Lipes coming in to us from Brooklyn. Yes, sir? That's Here right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so virtual applause. Okay. We have a lot of listeners out there and it's kind of lonely when there's just three of us or two of us in a box. So you guys should know that everyone's clapping for you. All right. Um, so before we begin, um, uh, as we all know, this all started uh, because of the fact that we were all iced during the COVID, uh, you know, the start of the COVID pandemic. Um, all of us as filmmakers for the first time were able to uh, gather in space and have these kind of conversations. So we here at the Film Roundtable always think it's important to bear witness to that and uh, talk about where we are numbers wise. So um, as of this morning, we are at 900,000 worldwide deaths due to the COVID pandemic, and 190,000 of those are here in the United States of America. Um, also, uh, we continue to have social on. We continue to have some social protests that are going on around the United States and around the world um, in other cities as well. Um, so we would. Oh, we always like to take this moment to honor all of our black and brown brothers and sisters, as well as our First Nation brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by the hands of police brutality and all other senseless acts of violence, um, not only here in the United States, but around the world. Um, so what we always like to do is start with a moment of silence for these two uh, things. So please, everyone in the virtual space, join us for a moment of silence. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that means a lot to us and everyone out there. It's something that's become a part of what we do. Um, so we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, I'm actually going to step away and leave the screen to my two friends here. Um, and please, people, keep sending in questions. I will monitor the questions. And then at the end, I'll come back with a handful of them and we'll do a little Q&A session based upon some of the things that came up and might not have been addressed as the two of you speak. Uh, so uh, right now, my friend uh, Bradford, I'm going to turn this over to you, and uh, I'm going to step away. Jody, it was very wonderful to get to meet you, and um, I'll speak to you guys at the end of the session, okay? Thanks, Doug. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. What up, Jody? Yo, what's up, man? All right. <laughs> What'd you do today? Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. I got... Uh, got uh, every morning my son Olu comes and asks me what the weather's gonna be. That's the other thing about COVID, man. It's crazy. These kids, man, these kids have they're starting to develop their own little anxieties. They need comfort, you know what I mean? So for him, the weather change is like is another thing added to the pile of stuff to worry about. So he's like, What's the weather today? That's at 6 30. Then, mm -hmm. then what I do? Then I I'm helping my sister do something, so I came down and I worked on that. 
And uh, I did a little writing. That's it, man. Now I'm here. It's kind of early. Now, now, now half the family's gone and I'm just left with Olu. Olu's upstairs. He's getting, oh, his, cool. he's, getting, he's getting his viewing time for the hour before uh, that Joker goes off, you know? Mm-hmm. What about y'all? What, y- what y'all up to? Um, I did uh, physical therapy in the morning. My knee is kind of screwed up. Um, and then I came home and I watched uh, Mother of George. Ah! Yeah, inspired for today, uh, which is a movie <laughs> I had never seen before. And you've always told me that I should watch. And I finally did. Um, yeah. And that was uh, the first, hold on. That's the first time. That's the first the time. First time. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I started thinking. I was like, what should I watch? And I was like, oh, I've never seen this movie. I don't know why I've never seen this movie. And uh, and I started to think like, oh, this is interesting because this was probably like a very particular moment in your life and like in your career. Um, where like things really turned a lot, like after mm. that, you know, period in your life. And um, so I just started thinking about that and what was, I was curious, like what was going on in your life at that time? And like how, and like, what were you thinking about in terms of uh, like how you shot that movie and what you were interested in um, mm. compared to like, to now, you know? Yeah, no, it's funny you saying that. Cause I was, I was, I'm going to ask you the same question about, I don't know this much to be true, because I just feel like that <laughs> it's a very intuitive question, sir, because I, I just think that's the, we were talking about that the other day, you know what I mean, when those, those milestones are, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I feel like Mother George was, uh, I'm trying to remember what was going on when that, I mean, life was life then, you know what I mean? I was just like, I hadn't been in New York that long, mm-hmm. which is a big, which is a big leap for me. And uh, it was my second movie with Andrew, which is another huge, I felt like a big leap, though I didn't anticipate, you know what I mean? Like none of, we didn't, you, know, you never go to any of these films thinking people are gonna like them, you know what I mean? I mean, something like Mother George is so particular, you know, it's such a particular mm-hmm. story with a particular form, form of reality and, you never think people will get into it. Um, so I think, you know, more, more than anything, I was just trying to, I was happy to be making another film with Andrew because I've just known about his work and hadn't known him until Rest of the City, but I knew I've known of his work forever. So it was just, for me, I was just happy to be back in the wheelhouse with this cat, you know what I mean? Because in my mind, it's like, he's the, he, could, he could work with anybody he wants to, you know? So mm-hmm. it was just good to be with him and, I think you, this was before you um, started having kids. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is like uh, twelve, three, right? Two thousand twelve. So it's like uh, four years. Before, uh, okay. No, a year. A year. We finished. We finished in eleven. We finished in two thousand ten or eleven, and then it came out. Uh, okay. Uh, a okay. year before. <laughs> a year before my son was born. So I wouldn't. Even, I, we weren't even really thinking about having kids. We didn't start thinking about having kids until I shot Saints, which was right after Mother of George. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, I was just happy to be in a place where I was like, I still thought that, you know, I mean, we're, where we are now, I just never, you know, I just, I ain't, this wasn't part of, I wasn't part of the vision. I just was still trying to just make a good film and do my best. And every shot then mattered. It was like, every shot was no less, ner- every shot was nerve wracking. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. 
and then you're working with somebody like Andrew where you're just learning so much and the joy of learning and remembering how much you learn when you work with people that you you really love and you feel like you have a kindred spirit with and and um so I you know more than anything the one thing I can reflect on is that if for all the things that I don't remember the one thing I can reflect on is that it felt I know I felt um totally fulfilled you know what I mean like I felt mm-hmm. really felt like I was making a movie that was a culmination of everything that I was told or I believe in film should be you know um so yeah just yeah, yeah I mean it, it definitely um feels like you it's like um there's just always this um simplicity to what you do that um really grabs me and I think like in particular the whole opening like the wedding is just like that's so incredible um and like how slow it is like you know like the dancing and everything is like so slow um and I don't know it just it, it I was watching it I was thinking to myself like I always think of um like Gordon Willis or like Harris Beatty or something it's like you if you're flipping through the channels and one of their movies comes on like you don't even have to know that it is one you just kind of you already know right and it just totally had that like grabbed me feeling and the color is so incredible and um yeah so yeah but funny it's funny you say that because i feel like you know there are a lot of folks who i like whose work i love you know what i mean contemporaries of the past our contemporaries you know who i feel like are speaking who speak to me, you know what I mean? There's a lot of sensitive people doing very sensitive work. Uh, Mother George has its own sort of sensitivity that I think is in its own like um, world into its own in a way because its origin is from a sort of very familiar world for me, but very alien to Western sort of concepts Mm -hmm. of family, tonality, love, life, marriage. It's it's breaking all those rules. So for, for, for that film to have ever been the three act Aristotelian sort of structure would have just totally been a disservice to the, the overall holistic nature of the film. But I will, I, I feel like, man, honestly, like when I knew who you were, you know what I mean? Cause we had, we were in 2009, we were at, um, and I seen after school. So I like, I knew like, I was just like this cat, when I, I met you, don't remember. You don't remember. That's just so crazy. Yeah, you try, I remember. You try, nah, you don't remember, bro. Don't try to play me. You what are you saying? <laughs> It was at Deluxe. It was at Deluxe. It was at Deluxe. Wait, no, I don't remember that. So you don't remember that. It was at Deluxe. It was for it was a it was a gathering for the 2009 film, 10 filmmakers. Oh shit! Yeah, no, oh, no, no, no. I, I do remember, remember that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Lena was, like, was there, right? Too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. When I came up in there, bro, I wasn't even looking for nobody but you. I was like, yo, where's this cat Jody Lee? And at that time, at that time we were lips. I was like, where's this Jody Lee lips, dude? <laughs> and I rolled in there and I was like, yo, this cat is, you know, is, you know, he's doing good. I, I felt I felt something without school, but Martha, man, that's when I was like, yo, this is my brother. This is like my cousin. This is like the cat that, and it's so telling, it's funny how we came in 2009 together. We already done a couple of movies before that had like whatever very independent in independent circles they were celebrated as like mm-hmm. pieces of american cinema and i still feel like all the films we did before that before martha or before i would say even mother george nathan body saints at the same time like mm-hmm. but i feel like 
you know, when I did Saints, I was, I was channeling, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was definitely thinking about your work, you know what I mean, as a contemporary, you know? Because I, I know that we're both, we both think about Gordon Willis, so we both always think about Harris, you know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. fascinated by what they did, you know me. I think about Roy DeCarab as well as folks yeah. know, but like, yeah. but like for me, not to try to twist the conversation, but I want to twist it back to <laughs> you because I want to remind you too that like, man, we share so much in common, bro. You know what I mean? Like we share so much in common. And I know that's why we always check in on each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whenever, <laughs> whenever I feel lost or in over my head, I just write to you. Because I didn't... <laughs> It's like, I always feel like oh, Bradford's going to understand this like more than anybody. Um, yeah. You're like, you're, you're like, you're like my, uh, what's the analogy? I'm trying to figure out like two MCs that like always got at each other, had much mutual respect, but always had like a, a bit of a like, like when I send you frame grabs, I'm always like, don't forget, yo, don't forget about me, dude. I'm out here and I'm channeling you. And, we, and, we, and it's always me always trying to say that, don't, let's break these chumps. Let's. Well, that, you know, actually it's funny you bring that up because the last few times you've done that, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like how much you had, and I'm trying, I'm sort of trying to bring this back to, to like what this is about or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. I, I remember just being like, wow, this is a serious, like thought through change. Like, mm-hmm. this is like really pushing the boundaries of just film in general period, but like, but also just like what you've done before and like growing in a huge way. And, mm-hmm. um, some stuff that like never came out some stuff that like <laughs> but like never never come out <laughs> but like it was just you know it was it really shocked me and um in a beautiful way and uh and i just remember thinking like shit like what am i how come i'm not like going this far out like i got to think about that you know mm-hmm. um so yeah, it just and that and again like that's why I watched this movie today because I feel like Mother of George because um, I don't know it's just so interesting to me like how how things have changed and why and you know all that stuff and so I'm I'm interested in like what your what you want to do next like what yeah, you want right. to do now you know like I maybe you don't know but I'm curious. <laughs> Um, huh. you know, it's funny because like when I see like, uh, like I see, I know this much to be true or I look at Martha, you know, or um, man, you know, I just remember you sending me stills from, uh, from uh, Bluebird, Black, Black, uh, Bluebird, this Bluebird, right. Bluebird, right, Bluebird, and just being like, this cat, this cat is trying to in his career, like this, <laughs> this, this shit is so dark. You know what I mean? This stuff is so underexposed. And and what's so crazy about it is like when I would talk to you about it, it's like it would never be just for that. It was always the methodology around it. The result was incredible, but you know, mm-hmm. at some point you, you kind of like are done with the result because you you just want to know like how did you do that? Not because mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to bite your style or do it, but I'm mm-hmm. also like 
how did you dislike? I'm just blown away how you did it. Um, you know, I always look at your material. I always look at what you're doing. And, um, and when I, when I talk to you, I always feel like you have a healthy sense of like guerrilla warfare in the film industry. Like you come in and out as you please. And, uh, you know, I know you to be very thoughtful about your next choice. Um, so before I even answer that, I just want to remind you too, man, that like you're an inspiration, your work. And I know for most people that are watching this, you're an inspiration because you take risk. And sometimes the risk, it's not about <clears throat> you do risk in spite of the fact that the risk may not allow you to be able to take care of your two kids. And, you know, you and Ellen have such a great partnership. You know what I mean? Like, you know, one salary gone can dismantle everything. You live in Brooklyn, it's expensive. Like there's a whole bunch of things you have to consider, you know, when you make certain artistic choices because we're so dependent on people to hire us to make moves that any underexposed frame or frame that doesn't work or people challenging your vision for the film, you know, could really dismantle all of that. When I see your work, I see that you think you're beyond that and that people have to really understand that you're a storyteller. You know what I mean? Like you never, none of that is, is self-indulgent. It's all because you're inspired by the story. And I know you curate the pictures you take, the movies you take. Look, I just call it pictures, man. I hate what I say, picture. Movie. <laughs> yeah. The picture you took, the movie you take, the movies you take, because, you know, you really, you know, you're thinking about the next move, you know what I mean? And even even in the ones where, you know, I see some like photographic density symmetry, I never see the same spirit, you know what I mean? I see a different part of you every time. Um, and because I know you're an artist and you're trying to study, you know, elevate your own body of work. But for me, man, you know, um, you know, you never, I never know what's, I don't know what's next, you know what I mean? But I, but it was clear to me, like, I was not going to be able to do this until I'm 50 years old, or 55 years old. I know that's very young. That's still a young person. You're still a young person then, but I, you know, um, you know, we think about the greats, like we think about, you know, Greg, you know what I mean? When I talk to Greg, I'm like, this dude's going to be doing this when he's 80, you know what I mean? Because he's just like, he's got his, he's sunk in, you know what I mean? He's sunk in in the best way. You know, he's got the beautiful balance of being a relentless artist, like artistry. And he's an insane technician. And that balance is like that. That's not, that's not, you might not be able to learn that. You might not be able to get to that point. In your career. You might just, I know I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm relentless for the art. I'm in it for the art. And sometimes I don't even know what the technical thing is because yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that I, don't yeah. have to, I don't have time to put into that. Um, so I guess I, I'm saying that to say that like, you know, I, I'm oftentimes thinking about my own mortality, not my own human mortality, but my artistic mortality as a cinematographer. And sometimes I just don't, um, I'm okay with it not carrying on for the next 20 years. I'm okay if I only have 10 years left because I've tried to pivot in, my, in the in-between times to, to make art and work that is, speaks to me, you know what I mean? It speaks mm -hmm. to me directly and speaks to people that, who my films don't speak to. You know, it's funny, yeah. man, like a lot of my friends, my friends in Baltimore, they don't, they don't some of them don't even watch none of the movies I shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they ain't watched the films as Mother of George because they're just like, ah, that other stuff you make, I'm not interested in. And that's like, that's so- compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment, you know what I mean? Like they, it's sobering to me because it makes me real, realize that like, we take all this, we think everybody's watching, everybody's checked in and all the critical analysis and mm -hmm. all that is like the most important thing in the world. But the stuff that they really want to see is like, you know, the stuff we, you know, the little Bolex stuff we do with our kids or like the poetry, yeah. the, po the poetry we write. It's so from, easy to, to forget, you know, like being in an industry where people kind of often evaluate you for what you've just done 
um, it's hard to remember that that's not how a lot of people are, you know, yeah. when you're like surrounded by people like that all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it can be very uh, sobering. Yeah. And I, you know, listen, I don't want to find art career because I feel like the same problematic structures that exist in the film industry are, are special and unique to their own. Like the film industry is its own like animal and its own beast that, you know, you got to be in the right place, right mood, surrounded by the right warrior, soldiers, community to like make it through unharmed, you know, mm -hmm. the many chinks and many strong people's armor, but the art world, you know what I mean? Because I know you both, you and I both have friends that are float in float that are in that world or maybe not come on to film or float in and out. You know what I mean? The art world has its own problematic structure. And for me, it's not a, it's not a one-to-one -one trade off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm never going to, I'm not, I'm not trying to be in the art world. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that for myself. I just want a certain kind of freedom that honestly, this moment, this COVID moment really has me remembering that, um, many of the opportunities that I, most of the opportunities where I've had, I've been able to express myself as an artist, as a collaborator, or have not been at my own will. You know what I mean? They're, they're, it's my, I'm there because I wanted to be there, but they were not structured or written or, mm -hmm. or there for me to self-authorize it, presented to me the things that I can participate in, but they're not, they don't come from me. You know what I mean? And there's a difference. Both, they both are great. You know what I'm saying? But there's a difference yeah. when you're conceptualizing yeah. something and I wanted to love to hear you talk about it because I know you're a director as well. Like when you conceptualize something and you do it versus when somebody asks you to come collaborate um, and do something. And what I do know is that, you know, I can't spend the next like 20 years of my life waiting for somebody to give me an opportunity, which is essentially mm -hmm. always probably an opportunity to, because that's, because it's a blessing to tell, to tell stories through images. Like I don't want to wait. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's making me, I'm like, I'm moving towards director or anything like that. I'm just saying that like, I got to figure out other ways to, express myself and I'm happy mm -hmm. I'm happy if it's not a film and it's just an experience something I'm experimenting with or I'm happy if it's you know me spending you know a few weeks working in a friend's garden and not being a filmmaker yeah, yeah, for a yeah, while yeah. like that for me is what I'm trying to pivot towards I'm trying to pivot towards something more um revelatory to myself about myself you know yeah films don't always do for me you know yeah yeah it's kind of it's hard to find um fulfillment outside of your career sometimes like when it's when your career is like as full-on as yours is there's like a lot of people's are um it's hard to find like an outlet that's as powerful as as that um that you can like motivate yourself um yeah and i you know we both directed a little bit and um yeah, I mean, I, I've actually sort of gotten into a period in my life where um, I'm just really excited about shooting for the first time and being a DP for the first time, which we were talking about before. But like, I think having worked as a director, like in some capacity, even though it hasn't been a lot, just a little bit, but it, it really, to me, like serves uh being a dp in a huge way i think like there's a lot that i take from having gone through that and like been on stage the way you have to be when you're a director and like exposing yourself the way you have to when you're a director um that is useful for me to like keep in the back of my mind when i'm mm. working for someone else 
um, like how hard that can be. I think it's really hard to feel like how hard that can be unless you try it. Um, and you like try it at a level where like you want to do it, you know, right, <laughs> like you right. really want yeah, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that's been really valuable. I mean, it's been valuable for me because I got to make the films that I wanted to make and like direct a little bit of TV and stuff like that. And that's valuable in itself. But I think right now, it's um it's just something i really appreciate because i feel like i can identify with um a director producer um or an editor more than i would have been able to just the kind of person i am um if i had just worked as a dp right 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 and it's just like anything like going back and forth between you know documentary and like scripted stuff like you draw all of this all these new ideas and these different ideas from being in that other world. And um, also something we were talking about, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to work on like really small projects that friends are making during COVID um, just because I've had more time and it's been like extremely uh, satisfying. Like it, it feels very like, childlike yeah like it's like no tech <laughs> like no like none yeah. of that like crappy stuff about being a dp and all just sort of like childlike responding to what is around you and just like being like oh my god i'm like a child except i have all this like knowledge now that i've gained for the past you know right right 15 years or whatever doing this and i can just play and yeah. there's no stakes and there's nobody telling anybody what to do. And it's like, there's no adults and it's fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. So and, that's that's, the, and, that, and that's funny because I essentially never left. It's never that, that was always the case for you. It just took this moment, right. To like remind yourself that part of the reason why you are who you are and the choices you make is because you're still trying to connect to that. Like for lack of a better euphemism, that inner child, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you know it's funny because I think I think it's funny that you that 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 reminds me of of um, I'm just gonna say it, but that reminds me of like the, our journey on Space Jam. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I felt like um, not only were we not only were we trying to tap into something that we felt like kids, Terrence was trying to tap into something he felt like children would love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Specifically, black children, but children in general. But, um, but in order to do that, everybody has to arrive at that point. Like you have to make it from that perspective as well. And, um, you know, it's just interesting how, you know, you go through this whole cyclical, you go through this whole journey of like building and making things happen and making choices. And sometimes the choices are more strategic than they are, they're, they're like, 30% about getting the feeling is 77% about how you're going to pivot, how you can pivot your mm -hmm. career or your art or whatever you're doing for the, ne the next time, right? So there's always a, a, a balance of why you do stuff. Some people don't play that game. For me, I played it a couple of times. And <clears throat> one time it worked, the other time it didn't really work. But, um, but, it's, but it's interesting how you build, all this, you build all this material to get yourself to a point where you feel like you can be so childlike that nobody will stand in the way of that because you've earned it or you've 
the result of that is palpable in the movies you make and mm -hmm. you, know, you continue to work with the same directors or you know whatever it is you continue to make the films for the same community that you make films for but then you meet that one you meet that one animal that one beast that just basically tells you that you can't be childlike you can't be that 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 ver you can't be that because it doesn't apply or people aren't ready for that and you know deep down in your heart that that people aren't ready for it because that's essentially how they come to the movies anyway um and it's just i just found i've just found that this moment has given me some real space to reflect on how um if it's not about that man then it's like knowingly about that you know what i mean sometimes you kick in the gear and it's not you don't have to think about it like for instance i'm sure with derek you got you don't have you didn't have that is that's not an explicit thing that has to be talk, discussed or even emphasized like you never had to go to um, well i don't know it's a question really you know i, I in my mind because that because the film because that film is so that epic series film is so it's one film to me but it's so insane to me and it's like i know because i know both of you and i'm I stood next to you. I work with Derek. I know his work. I love your work. For me, that collaboration that was going down was just like, I just couldn't wait. And then it came and it was that. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm right when I say that. You know, those aren't things that you have to say. Man, I'm just trying to, like, be me. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, you're going to say to Derek, if anything, you're going to say to Derek, like, man, I'm trying to get this feeling. Like, what's, I am not there yet. Or he's saying that to you. You know what I mean? Those are, that's a different thing than you trying to prove to somebody that, no, I'm trying to tell you, like, I know because I know because of all the things I've shot or all the things I've done, but all the mm -hmm. feelings I have, like, forget my, forget how many times I put the camera up or put a lens on, but all the feelings that I have that this is the right thing to be doing. And the thing about it is that that right thing is like, it's just being a child. It's just being, it's being on the brink of what well, you know about our children. It's like the brink of like, they're so, they got such lizard brains, but at the same time, they're the most intelligent, bright, shining stars in your orbit. You know what I mean? Nobody more brilliant than them. And so it's, it's rough when somebody tells you that, you know, what you're doing is wrong. It's just like, yeah. it and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It doesn't, and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? And I, and I accept that when somebody says that's, that's not working. But when it's like, you know, wholesale not working, it doesn't seem, it seems something else is missing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time you hear, you know, what an actor is trying to do is just get to that point where they're just responding to what's happening in front of them. And I feel like, you know, Derek, um, Tian Franz, you know, directed, I know this much is true. Um, like so much of what he's doing is, as you know, is like putting the actors in a situation where they can just do what they want to do and like respond how they want to respond to the environment they're in. And I feel like with what's so beautiful <clears throat> to me about working with Derek is that feeling of like, okay, like just get it, like get it to happen. Like they're gonna start doing like the script or whatever they want and then respond to it. You know, like watch it and respond to it. And it's like happening in the moment, you know, it's like happening while you're rolling. And it's like, oh, I'm just like, oh, camera over here, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and we were just doing this music video last, on Thursday and Friday in the Poconos. And it was crazy because, I mean, obviously I love Derek. It's like, 
it, it was, we had this old three two video camera and it was like, you know, we start off a shot and I'm like panning and tilting and then like without even saying anything, all of a sudden like he's pulling focus and then like I'm working on the zoom and then he's panning like while we're shooting and without any words spoken and we're just like doing all this shit and back and forth and back and forth and it's like one, you know, it's like one pair of hands, but there's yeah. one, you know? And, uh, and How's that's that just, feel? how's that feel though? It's amazing. Cause it's like, you're, you're really just responding to like whatever comes into your head. And it's like, at this point, you know, like I'm trying to serve what he wants and I feel like I know at this point, like I can kind of like feel what he wants. And so it's beautiful because it's like, we're both working together often without words where it's like, we're both trying to achieve the same thing, like in the moment as it's happening. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's definitely like a child, like awesome <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Where like all the technical stuff is gone and it's kind of just like watching. Well, I think I think I think more than anything, I would just only correct you on that to say that all the te- all the technical stuff is already worked out. You are he already knows what kind of artist you are. You know what I mean? Like that's why you're there, and that's essentially what I'm always feeling like. It's like I'm here because you. We're here. We're there because they they know what kind of artist or filmmaker we, we want to be, and we are. And once 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 you get that all, all that out of the way, then you can surrender. Then 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 it's just like. Which is the, which is the, which is what you know. If anything, I would just feel like the two point three point version of my journey has got to be that now more than anything, more now than ever. It has to be. I'm not. We're not even here talking about the look of the film. We're here talking about how we're going to make this film and how we can mm-hmm. respond to the, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. to what the actors are doing and how are we going to respond to all of the imperfect things that are in front of us, you know. And mm-hmm. that for me is. The, is the challenge is what I'm really interested in, you know, and I'm really, and I'm really kind of jealous that, you know, you have that, you all had that moment where you, everybody put their hands on the one thing and the thing that, that you, they, everybody says the silos in us into, which is like the lighting and the, the, <laughs> the death stops and the da, 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 and the, you know, the top light and other stuff that, you know, everybody thinks we have all the answers to that is, that's not even important because it's all set up anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What makes what's, what's more important right now is like, you know, it's the thing I see in like the Hu Shin Mark Ping Bing collaborations where it's like Millennium Mambo does that mm-hmm. beautiful thing with a couple they're like in the apartment. You only see one side of the apartment the whole movie and they're like, they're having this like crazy intense love thing going on and like she's sitting at the table and he's going back and forth between these rooms. You get to see like Mark is trying to figure out like what the hell is who's going to do next, and he's just kind of like, but it's Mark Ping Bing. It's like you know what I mean. Like you go watch Norwegian Wood. There's no lack of, oh, no, forget it. Not even say Norwegian Wood. If we know the real story, if we go look at 2046, or we go look at mm-hmm. for love, you know what I mean. There's no. This cat knows what he's doing, so it's kind of unusual to see him doing a little weird like, <laughs> imperfect pant. But which you, but as a filmmaker, as a like as a or it's just an audience, you, if you know that or you don't know that, you're not, you don't care about that because it looks good. It's just, the, it, but what's beautiful is the, the imperfect thing that yeah. 
happens that you can't predict or you can't do in preparation or you in pre-production, mm -hmm. that thing is. And I think you said something to me the other day too. You said something to me about trust. It's like, when we got the phone, I thought about it a lot. It's like, you have your thing. You have your way of interpreting story through lighting. And then you show up and you do that. And then the actors go in the room and then Derek says, do what you gotta do. And then he tells you, just get it, however you can get it. You're on Zooms, you're doing stuff I see in the film. You know what I mean? I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Well, just because I'm technically, I know what you're doing. But um, you, have to, you, you have to trust that. You know what I'm saying? You have to trust that. Like, how does that feel when you're just like, did you have moments, do you have moments where you're like, man, this is going to undermine that, that one light I put over here? <laughs> or or, or yeah, I, was never, I never thought they would come this close to camera and the window has all the light and then now they're like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. well, yeah, for sure. Because there, you know, on that show, <clears throat> there was no rehearsals. There's no blocking of any kind. There's no marks, and there's no emphasis on repetition um, from take to take. And sh we're shooting two per thousand footers with two cameras that can look in any direction. So it's twenty-two and a half minute takes. Even for the stuff that we're doing, that's you know motion control for twinning right for twin right so like the lights changing or shooting on film is 22 and a half minutes long and then i have to come back five months later to match the light and it's and you know and also like just in the interest of keeping the environment free like you know ken our incredible gaffer johnny our incredible key grip not in there at all Johnny. So yes, it's like, it, yeah, that was stressful. Um, it, it always feels, and then you're kind of, you do a take and then you're like responding for the, in the five minutes you have, you know, before you go again for 22 and a half minutes. And, um, but I think the, the feeling that a lot of people have working with Derek is like, you're on a tightrope and you just, it's like you feel like if I do, like, I think I'm gonna fall. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna fall. <laughs> um, so I have to be really like focused and really um, uh, just like always thinking, like, oh, your mind is like always, always on one thing, you know? Right. And, but then like that's where when you're pushing yourself that hard, like that's when the incredible or like unexpected things happen. So it's like, and yeah, like sometimes, I mean, to me in, in that situation, particularly just with Derek, it's like the worst thing would be if it didn't look real, right? right. And so like, yeah. I only really worry about, it's not like I worry that the light's bad cause it's not, you know, it's not gonna ever be like this perfectly, like it's never gonna be like mother of George, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's, um, it's more like, is it real enough? you know, and, um, and that's when I would tense up. It's like, oh my God, he's sitting on the couch now. Uh, right. Like, oh, is this going to look real? Um, and so, you know, we're shooting like night for day and all this stuff. And right. so, yeah, that was, it was like six months of like feeling so stressed out, but also so um, 
completely like creatively fulfilled and like a sense of like accomplishment and and fun like all at once you know right right so yeah that was i mean (laughs) i mean you know one of you i'm kind of you're saying that and i'm listening to like this and again this is me responding to what you're saying when i think about that maybe sometimes i emphasize like uh pedagogy or I emphasize learning too much like I always feel like you can take these concepts and put them within the institutional the institution meaning in the most positive way you can institutionalize these ideas because like when I hear you talk about this I hear like ultimately what I hear is freedom you know what I mean I hear like and very it's very spiritual to me because you sur- you have to surrender you don't it's not just you surrender to your creator but you also surrender into <clears throat> someone or something that your creator has made made in, in their vision and that you are, you surrender to them because trust is the greatest gift that the creator has given us you know what i mean and love and so when i hear it i i, I hear concepts that i feel should be um captured in a, in a in a teaching captured in a way in a movement in a in a, an institution where we can nurture and grow and develop it and let it evolve and turn into something different but it has a foundation and a, gro- and a, and a space to grow from you know mm-hmm. um and when i hear the way you guys work together i, f- I feel like um it's the it's the total response it from an activist not 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 saying reactivist but i'm just saying from like <laughs> an active from like an activist meaning to be active it is something yeah, yeah. that i think um and knowing being that we're in the world that we're in from an active point of view from an active perspective is something that we can um, it's something that I feel like young people should hear and should learn from because I think mm-hmm. they need to enact their own sort of version of that or be part of that because that freedom is really important because the moment they take the freedom away, they crush all the great talent that we love yeah. and adore. We don't get to know them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's that kind of um, particular way of working that Derek has developed <clears throat> and like that environment that he's created is the movie like that's right. how the movie feels right and that's so how it's y'all like, make it too right that's how you're making it too right yeah and so it's like you're whenever a filmmaker i think when i was younger i was like why is this person like doing this weird stuff and then it's like well the that process may be illogical it may not like make sense on paper, but that's how they get where they're going. The more kind of like out there and like nonsensical <laughs> someone's process is, is sometimes the more that the film will take on its own character and be unique and be special and be a work of art. And so it's like at a certain point, you have to kind of get to a place where you can see okay this per like maybe people are angry or upset because this doesn't this isn't like math but i have to support this because this is how they get where they're going you right. know and um right. that's what's gonna make it special and um and so the trust element like you know obviously like derek in my mind proved himself a long time ago and i was like lucky to be along for the ride and so my job is to just totally trust that and you know tell him what i think when it's you know important to do that but like really just like you said just trust is the key and like 
going, just going. It's like, okay, I wouldn't make that decision on my own. Like, that's good. So this yeah. is changing me. Like, it's changing me. And <clears throat> I'm learning how to do it this way now. Right. And it's like the two of us coming together makes this, um, it's different than how he would do it too. But right, I mean, right, right, his, right. Of course, of course. So serving him. So, yeah. So that was really cool. <laughs> it hurt though, though. It hurt though a little bit, didn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was it no pleasure without pain. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I remember. I mean, that used to be like the, uh, you know, knowing Derek and knowing the film. You know what I mean? Like that really reminds me of, um, you know, my teacher. You know, highly, highly. It's always like. You know, we used to say stuff like, man, we just like, we just got to make the, you know, da, 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 all the, all the right things, right? All the right things that your elder or your teacher will want to hear you say about making film and where, where film stands in the world and how useful it is, you know, for change or whatever it may be or healing. Mm -hmm. And then we would be saying all the right stuff. And then at the end, we would say, yeah, but we just want to have fun. And he'd be like, no, nope. what's fun got to do with it? <laughs> he'd be like, oh, I just want to have fun. You know what I mean? I think, I think, I think, I think the, um, and, you know, then I couldn't articulate what I meant by fun. Like, I still, then I was younger and I still thought fun meant, you know, like that, that, butter, that feeling in your stomach where you just feel so much energy, like my son, you know, like my kids. Mm -hmm. just, when they're having fun, I know it because it's so human and instinctual for them. But I think fun, <laughs> I think for me, fun now means like the feeling of joy or the fun, having fun knowing that is so imperfect in a sense of like the way things unfold that but even even in that moment of like imperfection or just like total decay delinquent thing the fun part is knowing that it's gonna work that's the part <laughs> for me that you know what i'm saying like that's why i start to have fun i'm like what we're doing here right now is totally crazy but i know it's gonna work and i know it's gonna work because you know we have a, a team, number one, that makes sense for this film, and we have a director and an editor that will turn this material into mm -hmm. what we exactly wanted, wanted to be. Like Ron, you know what I mean? It's like, that's just yeah. make, you know, give him a bag of nothing, and then it comes back and just like a math masterful. And so, <laughs> um, not, that, not that there was nothing, he had a lot, but it was just making sense <laughs> of all of that. It requires a certain idea, and I think, I'm and I, I'm just, I was gonna pivot just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I love to hear your thoughts on it too. But like, I'm going back to a little bit of that institution building. I would say, going back to your original question, of like what I want to do next. Now, we talk more, and I, I've been thinking about it as we're talking too, and you've been speaking. Like for me, that's 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 what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like institution building. Yeah. Yeah, I look at, you know, I look at Ava and I'm like, man, that's that, that I want to be like her, you know what I mean? Like I want to um, take everything I believe in and the stuff I know a community of us believe in and put it into a, a place, you know what I mean? With people, whether it be a brick and mortar or a community or a few square blocks or whatever and like turn it into a way of life, you know what I mean? A way of mm -hmm. thinking, 
you know, not a cult, not a, none of that. We're not talking communes or cults, maybe a commune, but just like a way of life, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, because um, I feel like our current situation is we're asking people that, and God bless them, you know what I'm saying? But we, 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 we're in a moment now where we're asking people who totally do not understand what we're talking about and what we're trying to do. They hear us because they're smart. They have, they have comprehension because they, they're learned people and they not, and they know how, they know what you're saying, but they don't, in, in terms of it's applicable, how it applies to cinema, um, they do not have the same relationship to it that we have. And again, I'm not saying that judging them for whatever it is that they believe in or what they feel strongly about. I'm just saying that it's clear to me now, to me more than ever that, um, that I need to create my own situation so that I can continue to work at peace and harm peace and harmony with the material that directors um, give me. I need to be um, enact a place of thinking and studying with other folks so that when I go into these situations, I know I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? And that they know they're not crazy. Um, and that we don't have to ask these people for anything else other than what's already presented to us every day in our everyday lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never want to beg anybody for diversity and inclusion because my life is diverse and inclusive. So I'm not going to be begging nobody else to be diverse. I'm going to mm -hmm. live by example. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I know there's space and time where that debt over in that space, it needs to be repaired. And there are warriors and soldiers who are not playing. They are trying to make great change and they make, they're making leaps in that space. But my energy, I'm never going to be a roadblock in that. But I'm all, but I, but and I'm always gonna be. I'm happy to like harbor folks. I'm happy to like when they're running from the cops. When we know they didn't do the wrong. When they know when we know they didn't do nothing wrong. All they did was, you know, do what they had to do to defend themselves in their community. Like this is a door where you can come in here and hide out while they try to like take your food away, like they did to Paul Robeson or like they did to many of the greats who were in there with them and spoke out against them. You know what I'm saying? Like. I know what I can provide is I can provide a, a safe space and a, a meal, you know what I mean? And I can like a bed for their children to lay in. Like that's kind of how I imagine what I would want to give in those spaces. But while I'm doing that, while I open up the front door to let them run out the back door, you know what I'm saying? And close the door on the, on the police. Like I want to create my own institution, you know what I mean? And maybe while they're passing through this house, they're like, oh, what's, what's that picture on your wall? You know what I mean? Like, oh, or when you open the door, somebody says, oh, I didn't think anybody in the neighborhood was down. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to um, waste no more time trying to get. Sorry. Go. <laughs> you can go when, uh, when your brother comes back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, uh, I, you know, we again have like talked about this before, but I, it sounds to me a little bit like um, just the idea of like a director creating the environment that they think is fruitful for what they want and what they want to make in the world, how they want the world to be around them. You know, it's like just like we were talking about with Derek in a way, and I know you're talking about it in like a bigger way that like you want to integrate your entire life into that. It's not just about like being on set. <clears throat> but I think if I hear you the right way, 
what you're saying is like you want your morality to kind of like focus everything or, or guide everything in your life and that you can use that as an example and to help other people and to make things that you respect is that true yeah like not not really not really help you know what i mean not really help because that's that would be too presumptuous like i and i'm imperfect i make a lot of mistakes you know what i mean like i made mistakes i continue to make mistakes you know some bigger than others you know what i mean but um you know <clears throat> when i hear you talk about the way you and derek work or what i know when i work with like say for instance because we're talking about andrew like we 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 um we um when people come to work with us it's it's not just you know making a film to subvert the norm you know what i mean like mm -hmm. we don't have to keep subverting because now we've created our own situation and that's an institution you know what i mean like that and so hopefully people will come to work with us because they feel supported and loved and whatever they may feel or not, you know what I mean, or just challenged or they feel like it's a space where they can call you out, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Like, it's a space that you can do all of that. Um, so for me, I see it, I see it on like the like local way, you know what I mean? With like, for instance, what you guys have with, you know, you know, Kasia, Involve mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like that, that is a, there's, there's something to be, if we could distill human beings into like an element, you know what I mean? I think I would, we would find some traces of similar DNA in all of you, creative DNA, you know what I mean? And that, that's safe, that's special, you know what I mean? And like, where do we put that so that it's like preserved and represented and every time and people can learn from it or study it in the most in the most positive way. It's not the Henrietta Lacks way where they study it and use it for advance everybody, but nobody else gets payment credit or whatever. But like it becomes a way to move to propel. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I guess what I mean in an institution. I mean, I would love brick and mortar, but I don't know how relevant that is anymore. And I don't know if that's important. You know, mm -hmm. um, what what I think is is more important is just trying to affirm to ourselves once again that the way we do it is the right way and it's our way and that's why mm -hmm. we make movies is to be it's expressive on a very personal level you know what i mean nobody can determine that for you you know if it's a film that doesn't call for that uh which i always argue is there's no place for that like you know you look at something like black panther it's clear that that's not just popcorn that's like there's other stuff at play you know mm -hmm. what i mean it didn't mm -hmm. just it didn't just have to meet the requirements of it being a Marvel film, it had to have it had to meet other requirements in order for it to be felt. And a lot of people felt that film. You know what I mean? That's not mm -hmm. yeah. that's not Marvel cannot take credit for that. That's not something that they have created or wrote or made. That's that's Kugler and every, and Chad and everybody came to the table to knock it out the park. Mm -hmm. So I guess is what I'm I mean it's like not it's don't run, don't don't feel like you have a place, but just know that situate yourself in a space where you can always bring that to the table because it is a way of being you know what i mean and that way of being is um necessary to yield the results that you see on on the screen mm -hmm. yeah that people can experience on set you know and that that 
that's a worthwhile thing to always be clear on so that the one young person or the older, older person, whoever is sitting in, sitting in the corner that may have not felt the same support or felt supported in the same way all the time can see that and know that it's still possible to do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even, in those, even if you want to do it in those spaces, you can still do it. Or, or at the same time, if you're not going to do it in that space, you can still have, um, you can have your own. You can create your own space. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only, yeah. the only, the only yeah. thing, the only, the only thing between us doing it with them and us doing it on our own is usually the money. That's usually what it is. They don't have better material. You know what I mean? They're not writing better stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Still, we're still writing the stories. We take it to them because they have the money. But what if we figured out a way to not have to go to them for the money, or there was somebody that was interested in not creating a new situation, nurturing talent, you know what I mean? Instead of just- Yeah, yeah, the money and the, and the infrastructure to like get it out to people too, right? Get it out. Yeah, that's the other, yeah. yeah. yeah that it is, the distribution, the distribution. Yeah. But I feel like some of that stuff we've already like worked out and figured out, you know what I mean? We just need to mm-hmm. take it to the next level, you know? Right now is a great time for us to be thinking about distribution because nobody's going to create, yeah, some people are, but you know, we're, we're in a situation where we can offer up a new alternative, you know, something mm-hmm. that's more community-based, like, projection movie on the side of a wall or like they you know you said that two years ago everybody's just like that's not sustainable that sounds crazy and how are we going to do that whatever like now it's what option do you have yeah what option do you have you know what i mean um yeah so those, those things are getting getting worked out um and again you know if you're taking on the next film or you're going into the next situation where you're going to make a film like why not make that part of your mandate mm-hmm that, you know, in response to how much money you don't get versus how much you put into it when it ends up at these megaplexes, why don't you just distribute it on your own? You're not hurting nobody. You're only hurting yourself and you don't do it because you're not getting out of what you needed anyway. Yeah. And, and now we're in a situation where we have to do that anyway. So we, it's, it's about just taking this moment, putting it in a bottle and like, don't let it get away from you, you know? Uh, you know, and I'm saying, I'm saying it, I'm saying it in a way that I probably sounds. It is easier said than done. You know what I mean? Like I haven't worked it out. I'm just that's my dream. That's a yeah. dream. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a beautiful it's, dream. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's requires some. It's gonna require some time. You know what I mean? And some, some, some discipline, some yeah. focus. But I think it's. And, you know, for you and I, what up, Doug? For you and I, it's like, you know, we know how to do it. You know what I mean? It's not like we, it's not like we, you know, we didn't have a relative that, like, got us in or paved the way for us to step on, which is also good, but we didn't have that. So we had to, like, work our way up there. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So we, we, we made, we made those films. We made Martha. You know what I mean? We made Mother George. You know, we, you know, we made Tiny Furniture, we made After School, we made all those films so that, you know what I mean? So we know what it's like. It's not, we know the, yeah. we, know, <laughs> we know that feeling. It's not, and it, and you know, and when people say it's hard, it's gonna be hard to go back to that. It's not true. That's kind of, honestly, most, <laughs> most DPs we know, that's really what they are yearning for anyway. Yeah. That's the biggest conversation. It's like, I just want to go back to that thing. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, totally. You know, so. Well, and, and, and that's the reason I've jumped, the questions coming in, I mean, there's been a lot of love for what you guys are talking about. And exactly how you're ending that, Bradford, is like what people, you know, people were responding to the fact that, especially Jody, when you're talking about some of the stuff you're 
shooting in the lockdown, how you went back to such a simple way, you know, without all of this, you know, what we know to be the circus around ourselves. So one of the questions I found really interesting, somebody was asking and saying as a statement, it feels like both of you have like in, in, in intrinsic interest in the old, if we all remember the old dogma manifesto, the old way, right? Exactly. We all dogma 95, like, okay, let's make a movie, handheld, real location. I mean, obviously there was a lot of excuses to what the, all the rules were, but you know, one of the questions that came in is like, do you, are you guys interested in there being a new revolution of going back to this way of making a movie in such a simple, way? Well, I think um, I think it's always good to have rules, right? Like I think rules can help make something specific, um, and that doesn't mean you can't break them while you're working. But I think as a starting point, it's good to have rules. Like, does it have to be dogma specifically? Obviously, no. Like, whatever serves the story, you know, whatever like accommodates the story. Um, like, you know, for example, on, I know this much is true. We didn't, we never did any vertical movement. We never did any dolly shots. Right. So it's like, that has a huge impact visually on how that feels. And, you know, it also really affects the actors and how the actors can move and what, where they think they can and can't go and all those things. Um, so just a simple thing like that. And then it's like, oh, also let's do a dolly shot, right? Like at the right time, you know? So I think um, that can have a huge, a huge um, power to it. I was just watching a Kurosami movie where there, I think there's one tracking shot and the whole thing when it happens, it kind of just makes you kind of sit up a little bit, you know? The fact that if there was no rule, then you, that wouldn't happen, you know? So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> yeah, look, I love the fact you got time to watch Kurosami, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two, you have threes, right? So, I know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it is, there it is. I mean, I think, I, I, would, I, would, I would say that, okay, this is, this is pure analysis. This is not criticism. Let's make the distinction. This is, a, this is film analysis, because a lot of those dogma films work to me, you know what I mean? Um, form content all of it I feel like some of them more than others but this is analysis I think part of the thing that um <clears throat> didn't always work for the dogma films to me is that they were not the form didn't always meet the story where the story needed to be like it, it was the cart before the horse thing for me they put a form before the actual story and for me the story has to inform the form so every story can inform a new dogma but you I, I find it illogical and sort of problematic to me that a form determines the story. The, the, the form come before the story. I think that's just, that in my process, that's not the way I th imagine it. It should happen in so many ways, although though in many ways for them, the Dogma 95 group, it worked. I mean, I think if anything we want to, I'm interested in revolutionizing now is like getting back to like story. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, let's get back to story. And then from the story, then we can start to develop a much more interesting, profound dogma. Like I'm, I'm all about rules, you know what I mean? But let the story determine the rules, you know? And I think uh, before we start getting it, it's, all, it's, all, it's always the question, you know, in school, you know, it was just like, 
what is content and what is form? And can one be separate from the other? You know what I mean? It was like that old thing where you're like 19, like, Ooh, what is content? What is form? You know? Um, and what comes, what comes first? And it's, just, it's true. Like, honestly, for me, content comes first. You know what I mean? Then we can go for the form. You know, that's how, that's how, I, that's how, that's how, that's how it works for me. You know what I mean? Like, I never have an, I used to have agendas. I go in with the agenda thing, like, oh, okay, we want to do this, this. But now it's hard for me to do that because I realize how much of um, what I'm doing, whether it be just totally standing back and not doing anything or very active, is all determined by the story in front of us. And so I hope the real revolution comes from the kind of stories we are presented with, the kind of stories we're putting out there. Yeah, and I also think, you know, on a purely technical level it's like the fact that all of those dogma movies were made and all those rules were adhered to in maybe stories that uh, otherwise wouldn't have used those technical rules then you get to see this new recipe where like oh whoa that was you know this feels a certain way like no one would have ever done this this way otherwise and then you get to learn that feeling of seeing that happen and right. so like it influences what comes later in a big way. Like there are things you can draw from. Um, so it's like not necessarily how I would do it, but it's like, I learned a lot from watching those movies in college and stuff. And yeah. Yep. We need to get Anthony Don Mantle on one of these, man. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that a lot of questions came in was about since both of you kind of have, you know, grown into larger projects, the question is, what from your very early beginnings working on small sets do you keep ideologically with you when you're on a much larger scaled up production? Lighting. <laughs> it's a yeah, it like, that's one, but that's like main. You know? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get fancy. I'm not trying to recreate the wheel. Single source lighting is great. It's just good. So I'm, even if it's like, you know, the Millennium Falcon or a basketball court, like the lights coming from one direction, you know? Um, and I still think that legitimizes, like I think the, the bigger films I've done that kind of look in some ways in my mind, not, not maybe not for everybody, but in my mind, it sort of legitimized while I was there, you know? Like that one specific thing it was like, okay, I'm on this big film and I see all these other big films that are kind of in these tempo zones and they've got things pop, LEDs twinkling and all this stuff. And I'm always just like, how do they do that? You know what I mean? For me, it's like, I can only minimize myself being here if it's like to the production designer, like Neil on a solo. It's like, okay, where's the windows? Where are your windows? Where are you putting, <laughs> you know, we're putting emphasis on how big, how small they are because I'm only thinking that the light's only coming in from that one place, you know? Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I bring. I definitely bring that to the table every time that, like, that's very wise i think that's because right? yeah. then, then i know it's working then i'm like all right well hey i, I did my job <laughs> i shot yeah. to the backlight like we did the right thing you know yeah for me i mean there's many things one, one thing that comes to mind is um that it's really hard to stop before you start like before you roll and to look at what you're doing it's so hard to remember just literally like take three seconds and just stop and look at it and like it's sometimes when you i mean brad is a much bigger project than i am but like when you get to a certain scale it's just there's it's like such a 
you know, so many people and it's moving so quickly and you're just lighting another shot while you're doing one and there's another, you're working on another location while you're working on one and you kind of are like, okay, well, we'll have to start rolling, but it's important to just stop, think about like, what was the last shot? What's the next shot? What's the scene before this? What's the next scene? Um, why is, why are we doing this shot? And just look at it, you know? Yeah, I love that. that that's a legitimate one. A, a mentor told me early on, uh, old Confucius saying, he who chases two rabbits catches none. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because it's always that case. It's always like we always have so much pressure on me. You know, me as the first AD dealing with the DP. People come, we got to do this. We got to do the other. We, where's the second set? Where's the, you know, we're lighting for the insert car. We're doing this. It's like, all right, let's all count to 10, everybody. Yeah. Let's do yeah. one thing right. And then let's move to the other thing. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult because we all get pushed and pulled in so many ways. And it's a great piece of advice let's just all take a breather and look at what we're doing right now you know breathe yeah i mean it's so funny and one of the other there was a you know we have such joe do you so you know we've got a very big international following and one of the questions actually came in from some guy in, in in denmark and it's more of just a statement but it's something brad and i have spoken about before he goes in Denmark. The working hours are only eight hours a day. I understand <laughs> the United States. You work twelve to sixteen hours as a student. You ever feel that that is too much? From a perspective, this sounds nuts. Yes. He's like, how would you be able to be dedicated and have the energy and creativity to work that long? So, I mean, it is more of a state. It's something we deal with all the time, and it's something Brad and I have spoken about wanting to change as we all come back now, because we all know that, you know, I think the, it's interesting now that, you know, Europeans could look at us and be like, you silly Americans, why do you guys? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky enough, you know, I did um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie with Marielle Heller, before I did um, I Know This Much Is True, and Mari very, uh, you know, wisely, you know, negotiated uh, sort of the French hours, 10 hour day, no break for lunch thing for as much of the shoot as possible, which ended up being like 40% of the, or 30% of the days or something like that. And I mean, there are obviously there are creative trade-offs to that. You know, it's like you need the sunrise and you need this other time of day, you know, it's, it, it narrows the window or whatever, but I have to say I felt much more like a human being um, in that situation. Um, eating lunch was great on set. Like it was kind of awesome <laughs> and like not, you know, just having like a box and working, you know, it's not for everybody, but just the idea that, you know, you can say like, I'm going to be done with work at, you know, 4 PM. That's when it's over. And that's when I can see my family. It's a difference between waking up before your kids and getting home after they go to sleep and like seeing them on one side of the day. And it's just such a more human experience. And it's also less dangerous, especially now as Andre Parekh has been, you know, behind this issue in a big way. And um, I really agree with him. I know that there's lots of obstacles, but it would be really great if that's how our lives were. You know, um, so I, I totally endorse that way of working. And I think creatively too, it was like, everyone was like full on the whole day. There was no like lull after lunch. I'm sure Doug, you've done this before, but it's like, it was a different uh, energy on set. 
everyone's like excited and it's like okay we're gonna get through the day it's not this like well we're gonna be here for 16 hours so like what are we doing next kind of feeling you know what i mean so yeah it's a, i've done a few movies that way i mean I, I did one in the in, in the states last year you know more people are trying to get into it and obviously you know, i've shot in europe a few times that be, is the standard and you know it really does make a difference you know in lots yeah. of ways you know and you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I also find it from a scheduling standpoint, you're able to control the day much better because you're not constantly jumping your call time with the actors and getting yourself boxed out of a proper lighting situation that you want, because all of a sudden now you can't make that call time, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you can really like pin the yeah. donkey during the week and really pinpoint places that you want to be at certain times if need be. You know? mm -hmm. So it will be interesting, you know, Brad and I, we, we started this whole thing with Reed talking about that, you know, and it's an ongoing conversation about, you know, the, the, the work hour thing, uh, you know, changing. So we'll have to see. I think it's, you know, now as people are going back, I'm going to New Orleans next week, you know, to start reshoots on a, on a movie that, that shot last year. And because of all the COVID protocols and everything, it's a fact, we, that's in place. We have to, it's like 10 hour day, which everyone's mm -hmm. doing now for the health aspect. So Mm. I'm kind of hoping that that can kind of almost be the gateway, right? Everyone starts to do it because of this health situation right. that we're in. And then somehow that just becomes the thing, you know, we just have yeah. to kind of push the ball forward and see if that's it. Um, here's another question that is, is great because it's very indicative of each of you separately. Uh, somebody asked, I love this question. Um, uh, I'll start with you first, Jody. Tell us what is one uh, essential must-have non-film item that you like to have on set and it does not necessarily have to be film gear what is something that jody you always like to have with you on set <laughs> hmm. you know everyone's got their little ticks everyone's got a little something they gotta have yeah um i don't have a good interesting answer for that yet brad do you do you have something that comes to mind that's that, that question was for you sir sorry yeah um <laughs> Let's see. What do I what do I bring? I bring like um, an extra set of clothes from like a movie, um, a rain jacket, coffee, and just stuff. Nothing nothing interesting. So none of you guys are like the I must have my matcha type thing. Someone makes you a little matcha or something like that. Nothing in the weird realm, you know. PB and J every once in a while is a nice. Oh, little, that's good. That's a good one, yeah. bro. <laughs> All right. Especially on the 10 hour now, you get you a nice PB&J. <laughs> no, no crazy mint gum. All right. I get it. Okay. You guys are all good. You guys are, you guys are really easy. Brad's a vegan. He just, he's nah, very, nah, uh, nah, not anymore, bro. Oh, you're not? Oh, I didn't know. Nah, wow. nah, long gone. Okay. Long gone. Not long gone, but. I always feel guilty that I'm not because you are. No, no. <laughs> but you're not. Okay, free, free yourself now. Eat huge, that. Huge weight off my shoulders. <laughs> I was, you know, I, love, I used to love coffee. I mean, I, now I'm back, but on decaf, which is kind of crazy, but um, coffee is good for me. But it doesn't have the same, it won't have the same effect as it did before because I'm not trying to do the caffeine, but coffee's pretty, pretty major. <clears throat> I'm going to ask this one to Jody because I already know Brad's stance on this. So uh, social media and like, you know, and... <laughs> This is like a list of things that I feel guilty about because Brad no, does, no, no, no. doesn't well, do. We've had <laughs> Brad's gotten this question before because he doesn't exist in the social media realm. And, you know, we all know that by now. But the question is about your idea of, you know, you know, up and coming DPs who try and get 
obviously out there and recognized in the social media realm. Um, you know, any, any thoughts? I mean, how do you feel about that? Have you seen, you know, is that something that you think, you know, works? Is it just like, like everything else, just another avenue to get people to, you know, have some stuff, ex uh, get exposure? What, what, what's your idea? Um, I, I definitely think it works. Um, like depending, it's sort of like, what do you want? Like what, what is working to you? But like, I definitely have, um, I've never had Facebook and I don't use Twitter or whatever, but I have had Instagram for a number of years and I've definitely met people on that platform who I have become really close friends with and work with, you know, um, sometimes it's sort of like a more informal route of like starting to get to know someone rather than like going through agents and things like that, which can also be good for like meeting a person in real life. But, um, yeah. So, and I think that there are people now who've like kind of built their careers on that have become kind of like, at least for, you know, cinematography angle, like kind of celebrities um, from that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm like a little bit too old, I think, to have like the mastery of that form to do that. But there's definitely yeah. people who have mastered it and it's been it's very effective the question is like how long will that last probably forever because like i don't think that stuff's really going away anytime soon that's how doug that's how doug built his career <laughs> totally yeah i can tell i can just look at it i can exactly. see you know that there's definitely an over over on the age line when you're dealing with social media <laughs> knowledge mine is like i yell for one of my teenagers every time i'm, I'm like explain to me this my 15 year old daughter grabs my phone and she's like oh, yeah, but you have to use it now because of this, right, Doug? Well, you know, in, in this realm, yeah. I mean, we, that's how See, there you go. You get, you get dragged in, like Michael Corleone. Um, I know. Uh, Bradford, this is one for you. I mean, a lot of people, you always, ex, you know, expound such, such, such wisdom. Um, pe people are just like, you know, what is your position on, on, on mentorship? And, you know, is this something you look down the line to be able to you know, mentor younger people in, in your kind of disciplines as a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's the reason why I feel like at a certain point, you know, I haven't, I haven't, been, I haven't been good at finding the balance between the amount of work that we have to do, um, the amount of time we spend on set, and then, you know, then you come home and, you know, minus us to a, a full house and then find time to, like, be present for mentorship because I know how much mentorship requires a certain time, kind of time investment. You know what I mean? Like, let my mentor be the testament. Like, I basically became his child. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know his kids like they're my brothers and sisters. You know, <clears throat> so I haven't been the best at finding that balance. Um, but I know the importance of it because I wouldn't be here without it. And um, so I guess in my mind, in my dream, like. I'm not shooting anymore and I've got, maybe it is a brick and mortar, you know, Jody, where I've got all my photography books or I've got, you know, all my photography books, a nice coffee machine and good music and a good garden. And we just, young folks come through and just build like, you know, similar to what, you know, Khalil does with the Underground Museum or, you know, I, 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 I can see, I see myself in that way, you know, um, we actually, uh, you know, then there's other, there's other thing, you know, then there's like, you know, the 
for me, there's also just the more immediate, which are, you know, there's a lot of young people in the community who were friends with their parents and actually have a wonderful, wonderful young people in our community. I'm just trying to big him up. Um, his name is uh, Jossie Mitchell. He's now at NYU undergrad. He got a full scholarship. He's from Baltimore. He, he's an assassin. He made a film that's just bananas. And then on his way out to go to New York, he was on his bike. He came over and dropped off two prints that he made that were just like, who is this kid? You know what I mean? Like, who is this kid? This is obviously that thing too. I'm kind of like, okay, he's close to home and he's, he's a friend and, and his parents very well. And he's like, he's like, he's our, he's one of our children, but he's also like, he must be protected. You know what I mean? So I feel like in that instance too, there's, I got to be able to find the balance of the mentorship, which is like just being an inspiration and come sit here and be safe and study and hang out here all night when you're done, just turn the lights out. And you know what I mean? He goes the cold to the door or whatever versus also, but also at the same time, like, if you want to work on a movie, come come to set. Like I, I need to, I need to be better at that, you know. So it's a really good question. It's actually helpful for me to remind myself that I haven't <clears throat> been the best, but I've had, um, you know, I've had moments. You know what I mean? I've had moments, and um, it's always exciting to see. It's not like highly, you know what I mean? Where he's just got goo gobs and goo gobs and generations of cats, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but but there, I, I've, I've, I've lived it, so I know the result. Um, I, I think there's also about a lot more people than you that than you realize who think of you as a mentor too. You know? Um, yeah, there's a spirit. There's that part of it that's probably. And I I have to say also like you know I personally like very selfishly and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. It's like I I'm very inspired by um, talking to people who are kind of like earlier on in their career or like younger. Um, it's like really exciting to me to talk to them a lot of the time. Um, and then like a small plug here, um, I'm a part of a website called sidetime.com and a lot of great DPs and production designers and colorists and, you know, are on it. And if for the people who can afford it, you know, you pay to have a phone call with uh, an artist that you really admire. And a lot of the artists donate all of the proceeds to um, a charity or an organization of their choice. So like I do the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and a lot of other people do too. Like Jade Healy is on it and a lot of great filmmakers are on there. So it's a good way to connect to people if you can afford it. Bro, I didn't even know about that. I'm bringing it down right now. Sidetime.com. That's incredible. See, there you go. Institutions. <laughs> well, that's great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'll finish this. I don't have to ask another question, but I do want to read a statement someone made about, you know, this wonderful place that Bradford wants to make. He said, when you build this place, please let us know how to get to it. If not, I'm going to build an underground railroad to get there. <laughs> I, I think that says it all when you were referring to, yeah, so that, 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 that's, a, that's a wonderful statement. And I think it just uh, kind of sums up how this talk has been, you know, it's been great. As always, these things are great when you get old friends together, old, you know, people who've creatively grown up together to kind of just be able to, you know, talk about it back and forth. As we always say, it kind of demystifies the process for young filmmakers. You know, one thing we always try and say here at the Film Roundtable, it's, it's about the, the creative life force is about surrounding yourself with people who are doing the things that you want to do. Right. And then as time goes on, you all kind of, you know, grow up together in a certain way. So it's, it's been really wonderful to, um, 
have you two together and to hear about your friendship. It's, it's, it's been really great. Um, yeah, thank re- you. Really, really a lot of love. It's an honor. It's an honor, it's an yeah. honor to get some of Jody's time. You know what I'm saying? De- definitely a huge honor for me. And Doylestown that, also, Doug. Doylestown. Right. <laughs> right now, my small town of Pennsylvania, that's where Jody's from. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, got, oh, check that geographical kinship. Doyle's downtown Pennsylvania. The new Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, so be- before we leave here, uh, as always, I want to thank uh, Maria Prieto, Aaron Weil, and Matthew Wolf. They're also very integral parts to what we do here at the Film Roundtable. And for the first time, I have the honor of saying we'd like to thank uh, Ari Rental as a sponsor for us here. And going forward, they're gonna be sponsoring a bunch of these talks for us. So we wanna send out a lot of love and reach out to them because um, you know, that's, uh, that, that's great. There's, people are starting to recognize you know, that we're, we're reaching people and people are listening to things that we have to say. So you know, everything is nice when people give us a little bit of shine. Um, so once again, I wanna thank the two of you so much. This has been a great time and a great conversation. And uh, Jody, we're going to get you on sometime very soon. I know that. I'm going to I'm going to get you to sit and do some of the uh, you know moderating here. This is one thing we want to do. Jody's going to Jody's going to hopefully be a face for a few more sessions with us, everybody. Cool. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you both. So thank, much. You. thank you. Everyone Good to see you guys. Much love. Thank right. you. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.